Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. You know, I sense the Holy Spirit is just refreshing some tired hearts this morning. I sense him just that fresh rain of his goodness. Reminding you that He loves you and He's with you. Wherever you are and whatever you're facing at the moment, He is with you and He loves you. And as we were singing that last song about Jesus being the light, I was reminded of the Feast of Tabernacles and they had the ceremony. And the ceremony was was when they would call it the lighting of the lamps. And as they would light these huge menorahs and they'd go into the woman's court and they'd light these menorahs and these lamps, they said the light was so bright that it, it was it actually went into every courtyard in Jerusalem there was no darkness in the city as the light was 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 lit and I felt God say to me he said I'm gonna light your darkness I'm gonna enter those places that you thought were impossible I'm gonna light my light and my love in those places and today you've come to the right place You've come to celebrate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How good it is to be in the house of God. And I sense the Holy Spirit in this room. He's beautiful. And He will do a work in your heart if you will open your heart that nothing else can do. If you would just open your heart today and say, Holy Spirit, I need more. Holy Spirit, I need to be refreshed. Holy Spirit, I need you to light a, light a shine, a, a bright light in my dark places in my life. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, you are the oil for the fire. Holy Spirit, we just love you today. And we say, do what only you can do, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit rests upon us today. We thank you for this moment. We thank you that we walk into the house of God and we remember how faithful and how good you are. You are good. You are good. And He's worthy of our praise and He's worthy of our worship, church. He's so good. He's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Just rest in that for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Beautiful presence of God in the house this morning. Beautiful presence. Is he speaking to you? Is he ministering to you? He's good. He's amazing. (laughs) And he's right here. (sighs) Can you feel his presence? Can you feel it? Church, we've got to learn to lean into that presence. And sometimes in our busy world, we don't take time just to soak 
and who He is. He's just so amazing. Let that fresh rain and refreshing come on you this morning. Just let it settle on your heart and on your life. Let it soften the soil of your heart. That you'd better receive everything He has for you this morning. You actually don't need me. You only need Him. Let your heart be soft. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know, He came to bring rest to weary souls. He came to refresh. Those that were thirsty, He came to give a drink. Those who were hungry, He fed them. Today is here for you. He's here. He's here. And He's beautiful. And He undoes me. And you know, this week, as we start to prepare for Palm Sunday, I was undone on so many levels. Because I just saw Jesus again and again. And the goodness of who He is. And sometimes we want a really fancy sermon and sometimes we want some special new revelation. But you know, all you need to do today is see Jesus. You just need a fresh touch of Him and a fresh encounter of who He is to you personally. And I've been undone all week. And I've seen His goodness and I've seen who He is. And I've said, Jesus, do you know, we come to church, but do we actually focus on Jesus? Do we actually focus on His goodness? Do you stop long enough to say He is beautiful and He's worthy of your praise and He's worthy of your time? And I know we have a clock and it's ticking, but you know, I just can't move past the time in a moment when I feel His presence and I don't want anything to take away from that, but who He is. And sometimes we just need a fresh revelation of His love. And I believe this morning that's what He wants to give you. As I prayed, I heard him say, you know, my prayer was that God would meet every single one of you in your desperate place. And every place that you're desperate today, that's where Jesus is going to come and enter today. Because you see, that's what Palm Sunday was all about. It was about Jesus entering into the world of the desperate. Those that cried out for His Saviour was in that moment that Jesus entered into that place because He knew they needed the light of the not of the Son of God to come in. And Palm Sunday was the beginning of all that was yet to come, a significant day, a significant day. And I feel even today it is a significant day for you and it's a significant day for me that we would meet with our King again in a fresh way this morning. And He had become real like He's never been real to you before. And so we get to today. And I could sit in this moment all day I could, because I, that's all I need is His presence. And it's all you need. But we are going to come around the Word. <laughs> and I want to just thank the team. Team, you just have brought us into the most beautiful place this morning. The most beautiful place. <laughs> and I am undone as I have been all week as I've thought about Jesus and His goodness. <laughs> and I hope that you will be undone by His love and His goodness too but we are going to come around the Word. <laughs> so if everyone would like to take their seats.
feel his presence? Do you feel his presence? Do you feel his presence, church? Do you feel his presence? Do you feel his presence? Sometimes you have to make yourself aware of the presence of God. Sometimes you have to stop long enough and say, I feel his presence. His presence is what changes us. (laughs) Can I tell you a joke? (laughs) I heard a joke this week and I really liked it. Uh, The pastor, the pastor had dinner at the home of a couple in his church. And after he left, the wife said to the husband, I think he stole our spoon. This bothered her for a whole year. A year later, the couple had the pastor for dinner again. Unable to resist, the wife asked, did you steal our spoon last year? And the pastor replied, no, I put it inside your Bible. We're not like that, though, are we? <laughs> no, no, no. If, we, if I did that, you guys would find, you'd find your spoon a lot sooner than a year, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I, I recently heard this week um, that bankers, when they're trying to find forgery of banknotes, you know what they do? They study the real thing because then they can pick up what is not. And that's the same for us. Sometimes we've got to study the kingdom of God so that we know what's not, okay? Because we're in a world where the darkness is dark. And if you don't know the kingdom of God, you won't know what is of God and what is of the enemy. And I love that today is Palm Sunday and I love that we are celebrating Palm Sunday with all these beautiful palms because there is so much in this story, and, you know, I couldn't help but think about when I was looking at Palm Sunday, just, just the way the Jewish people had their faith in God. You know, they would rehearse things. And I have a little granddaughter and a few grandsons. So you ask them what they want to watch, and they'll watch the same program over and over and over and over again. And every time, they come with delight and wonder. It's like, wow! <laughs> and I'm like, we need to be like that, church. Okay, and I love your communion this morning, Um, and I whispered to Dave, and I said, hey, I don't need to preach. (laughs) So today we're going to rehearse some of the story over and over and over again, and I hope you'll keep saying, wow, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Do you think you could do that for me? I think so too. We're going to have a good day this morning. Okay, if you could open your word up to Matthew 21, 1 to 11. Okay, it should be on the screen. Is it on the screen? Okay. Oh, do you like the picture? Okay, that's awesome. Right. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. They cut down branches 
from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude says, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Lord, we just honour your word this morning in this house. May it lead us into all truth. May it bring revelation and blessing in Jesus' name and Holy Spirit. May you bring it alive to us this morning, I pray, personally to each of us individually, in Jesus' name. Wow. Do you know, I believe that when Jesus entered Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, I believe a door to heaven was about to be opened. Think about that. How exciting, okay? And when I thought about the story, what I thought was, do you know what the story tells us? It actually points to what the kingdom of God looks like. We need to study what the kingdom of God looks like because we're supposed to carry the kingdom of God. So number one, my first point, the kingdom of God is humility and gentleness. Now we know if it was us and we, were, we knew that we were coming to save the world, wouldn't we get on a mighty steed, a mighty war horse, and wouldn't we go through the city with our you know, angels all walled up and, and weapons, and wouldn't we come with our shoulders bent back and we've come to save you? <laughs> what does Jesus do? He doesn't come on a mighty war horse. He doesn't come on a golden chariot. Instead, he comes on a donkey, a mere little simple donkey. And I love horses. I'm telling you, we do not ride donkeys. We ride horses. (laughs) He ushered in the kingdom of heaven that was topsy-turvy to this world. It was a kingdom where it's marked by humility and gentleness. It's a kingdom that's full of love and compassion. It was a kingdom that said it was actually better to serve than to be served. Hey, imagine that. A kingdom that said it's better to give than to receive. A kingdom that says it's better to promote rather than to be promoted. And a kingdom that said, if you want to be great, come as a little child. You see, it also said, if you want to be first, you'll be last. (laughs) Topsy-turvy kingdom, hey. But you know what? Imagine if we lived like that. It's better to give than to receive. It's better to serve than to be served. Wow, that's huge. But this donkey that he came on was significant. Okay, the donkey just stood out to me this this week. And I was like, okay. And what I saw was this donkey had actually come all the way through the Old Testament, right up to the New Testament, and every time it was pointing to Jesus. This donkey was, when Christ was riding this donkey, was a foreshadow, it was a foreshadow of a father sacrificing his son. Do you remember Abraham? Abraham went up the mountain with his son Isaac and everything he was need for the sacrifice was carried on the donkey. Moses was sent to deliver and redeem the slaves from Egypt. Guess what? He carried his family on the donkey. This donkey was busy through the ages, I can tell you. King Solomon on his day of coronation, King David placed him on a donkey. But now a greater then King Solomon has come, a true king, pregnant Mary, okay? She rides a donkey into Bethlehem to birth the son, the saviour. And what I realised that that day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey was the first day the people saw and recognised Jesus as king. Wow, 
You see, they knew the scriptures. They had rehearsed them. They knew the donkey all the way through the scriptures. They had seen the donkey. So when Jesus came in on the donkey, something switched on in their their eyes. I'm like, oh my goodness, scripture is being fulfilled today. Prophecy is being fulfilled. And they would have remembered Zechariah. Zechariah was a prophet. And you know what he said? He said, the Messiah King will come riding on a donkey. His dominion and kingdom would be from sea to sea, river, river to the end of the earth and he will set prisoners free and a new blood covenant would be established. So can you imagine the excitement when they saw Jesus because they had watched him healing the sick. They had watched him deliver those with demon eyes. They had watched the lame walk, the the deaf hear, the blind see and all of a sudden this man who had done miracles was riding on the donkey. Like the donkey. The same donkey that everyone had prophesied way back in Isaiah and Jesus was riding that donkey. Can you imagine the light bulb going on? What a moment. I loved it. But you know what spoke to me was I thought, you know, when I'm on a big horse, because I used to have a big 16-hand horse, people were way down there. On a donkey, people are close. You see, the kingdom of God is one, is one that a God who comes close to us. He's not far off. He's close in your sickness. He's close in your pain. He's close in your disappointment. He's close in the place that you need breakthrough. He said, I am not afar off God. I come in humility and I come in gentleness. Don't you love that? Number two, are you ready for number two? This kingdom, the king would bring a kingdom marked by peace. Do you know that the donkey is a symbol of peace? Did you know that? I actually didn't. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Prince of You see, the people knew that the Messiah would carry peace. And peace would be a hallmark of who he was. A kingdom of peace would be established. I don't know about you, but I walk around this world and everyone's looking for peace. They say, do yoga, it will give you peace. Do this, it will give you peace. Meditate, it will give you peace. You know what Jesus said? Hey, I'm coming. I'm going to be a government of peace. See this government of peace because what the people thought when Jesus came in, they were like, yes, here comes our king. He's going to save us from the oppression of the Romans. We have no peace from Roman, from the Roman Empire and he's going to bring our breakthrough. I love that they thought that because it was nowhere near like that. You see, what Jesus was ushering in was a kingdom of peace that would rule in righteousness, peace and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. And this peace, it's not a wishy-washy peace, it's a conquering peace. It's a peace that would overcome and conquer the prince and principalities of darkness. His peace would destroy the one with the authority that would bind us to chaos. Wow, think of that. This peace is not wishy-washy, it is conquering and warring peace. His peace would bring wholeness, completeness, restoration, it would get them to live in safety and prosperity and ultimately bring them into a place of rest. With peace, you see, his peace would set people free. His peace would not just be on the outside because of the Roman Empire, it would be from the inside out. And Romans 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will soon crush the enemy under your feet. I don't know what you're up against, but right now, 
I'm going to tell you that we have a God of peace that is a warring, conquering peace that whatever you're up against, our God is going to stop that thing out of your life because He is a God of peace. It's powerful number three, the kingdom of heaven. How will you know the kingdom of heaven? It's marked by love and sacrifice. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Do you know that Jesus came to pay our debt? Did you know that? How kind. Do you know that everything in the kingdom is motivated by selfless love? Can you imagine the church if every single thing we did was motivated by selfless love? Imagine that in your marriage. Imagine that in your parenting, in your children. How much would that change your world? But you know what I loved? I loved about the story, and this is something I'd never seen before. Did you notice that there were two donkeys? Did anyone know that? You knew that? There were two donkeys. Because Matthew tells us that Jesus rode on that young colt, and he says he would not have been able to ride on a young colt without the mother following alongside. So Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the new with the old following. Okay, Jesus came to do a new thing. He came to do a new thing. Could the older donkey represent the old covenant and the law? Yes. All the Bible scholars knew more than I did because I didn't know that, okay? (laughs) And the young colt with Jesus wrote on the new covenant. Did you know that anything that had a sacred purpose in the Mosaic law, anything that was for a sacred kingdom purpose was never ever allowed to be used for anything else. It had to be brand new. Jesus had to ride on the new cult. He had to ride on it. The old was about to be exchanged for the new. God was about to usher in the greatest sacrifice mankind had ever seen. It would be a new covenant, a covenant established, one that would be sealed by blood. Oh my goodness, His blood. Wow. See, the object of this covenant was going to be you and me. I mean, that just blew my mind this week. Why would he do that? Why would he be so kind? A covenant that through sacrificial love would make a way for us to come back to the Father, back into relationship, because he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, that's you and me, whoever believes in him, what? We will have eternal life. And, you know, I I couldn't get over that. And I know that I know that, but sometimes it needs to go deeper in our hearts that Jesus paid everything for us. He gave everything for us. That is a sign of the kingdom. Number four, honor and promises are fulfilled in God's kingdom. As the people recognized that Jesus was Messiah, they threw down their clothes and their garments. Some translation says they threw down their prayer shawls, and I bought mine actually today. And on the prayer shawl, you will see that it has four corners. On every corner is a promise and a little tassel. And what they would do is they'd put it around their shoulders and they would pray over and over again the promises of God, believing that this Messiah was going to come, that this God was going to answer their prayers, that they were going to be released from slavery to the Roman, Roman people. And as Jesus walked in, they took their old ritual, ritual, religious rituals and they threw them at his feet. They threw it so it wasn't just a ritual anymore. Suddenly the promises they'd been leaving for, believing for, the promise came in the gate riding on a donkey and they no longer needed a ritual. They just needed their promise who was Jesus. That's all they did and they fixed their eyes on Him. How cool is that? Do you like that? And you know they say, and, and Em brought this up in her communion, that 
a sign to an ancient Eastern culture of a king coming in when he had won incredible battles and he was an amazing king. They would throw their garments down in front of it and it was a sign of allegiance and honour to the king. And in that place, what they were doing was they were showing their devotion to the king. And I love that, you know, this must have been one of their most sacred garments, but they threw it down. They threw everything that they were, and it reminded me of King David. And you remember he brought the art of the ark of the presence into the Jerusalem. And what did he do? He stripped off everything that would say that he was a mighty king. He stripped it off. And he said, I'm honoring a king that is mightier than I. And that's what happens when Jesus comes into our life. You see, he says, Would you lay down everything for me? Would you lay down who you are? You know, but I am. We used to sing the song in South Africa, um, you must be born again, you must be born again. And as kids would say, but I'm the king of England. You must be born again, you must be born again. What Jesus is saying today, lay everything down. He doesn't, you don't need to be important. You don't need to bring your degrees that you've got on the wall. You don't need to bring your fancy clothes. He said, would you just lay your heart before me? Would you just give me your heart? It's all he wants today. You see, I believe every one of us are going to have a moment in our life where we actually come to that point where we say, Jesus, I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my life. I don't want just religion anymore. I don't want just religious practices. I actually want a relationship with you. I want it to be real and I want to know who this king is. You see, this is how we come close to God is when we are humble perform. If you want to go high, go low. I was told early in my ministry, our ministry, and as we served God, some old lady said to me, she said, Claire, never take your brown coat off. The brown coat represents humility. Never think you've made it. Never think you're so great and you're so amazing. Leave your brown coat on and come humbly before God, that whatever he calls you to do, that you would see it as the greatest, greatest, greatest privilege to serve your king. It's amazing. You see, humility will protect you from pride and arrogance. So important that we are dependent on Jesus. And as the people threw down their garments, you know what else they did? Was they cut down, see if I can find one that's free here, branches of palm leaves. And they waved them and they laid them at his feet as he came in. Number five, the kingdom of heaven is marked by victory and breakthrough. Palm leaves represented victory. Before anything had happened, the people were prophetically declaring victory over Jesus. And it reminded me, you see, of Deborah, the judge and prophetess in Judges. You can read about her. And how she sat under a palm tree and it was a place of victory where she received divine strategies to overcome her enemy. And I believe today this is what God is saying to you. I don't know what you've got ahead of you. I don't know what your mountain is, what your giant is. But he said to me today, he said, Claire, if you would palm, if you would wave my victory palm over those things, you will see a a prophetic declaration of victory breaking through in your places of hardship. And this is what the people did. I wonder if they even knew what they were waving about. Like victory, but they knew there was something on this king. Amazing, hey? Do you know palm trees grow in deserts and arid climates? But they they, they know how to reach down into the the spring and get nourishment in hard times. And I believe that the people 
as Jesus came in, they were declaring that any thirst in their life, anything that they needed was going to be found in Jesus. I really love that. You see, what they didn't know was as Jesus entered the city, as M told us, the Passover feast had started in Jerusalem. And the blood of the lamb that had been sprinkled, do you remember the story in Egypt? They had taken a little lamb that was without blemish and they'd sacrificed them and then they'd taken the blood of that lamb and they'd painted it over the doorposts of their houses. And as they painted it over, when the angel of death came that night to take the firstborn sons, guess what? When it saw the blood of the lamb on God's people, it passed by. And you see, what the people didn't know on that day of Palm Sunday, as Jesus entered the city, he was about to become the sacrificial Passover lamb without blemish. He was about to pay the once and for all sacrifice. His blood would pay our debt of sin and he would bring breakthrough and never ever again will the people have to sacrifice an animal to pay for their sins. This would be once and for all. He was about to take down mankind's greatest spiritual opponent. He's about to take back the keys of authority and dominion that had been stolen way back there in the garden when Adam and Eve had sinned and caused the brokenness of the world. He was about to take that back. Honestly, I heard when I read this and I was like, do you know what? I heard a drum roll in heaven. I heard a moment of heaven where they all stood up and they said, Jesus is entering Jerusalem. He's the King of Kings. He's about to open a door into the kingdom. Are you ready? Are you ready? And heaven would have stood up and electrified. I imagine the atmosphere in heaven was just watch what's about to happen. The angels alert and expectant all creatures creation had been waiting for this moment, this moment, knowing every moment from the beginning of time was about to enter the grand crescendo as God's Son entered the ring to take the enemy down. A little bit old, but good, hey? Good to remember he entered the ring and it undid me. I don't know if it undid you, but Psalm 24, 9 says, who is this King of glory? He's a mighty Lord of victory, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. Yes, he is the king of glory. My last and final point, number six. A kingdom marked with worship and a shout of praise and great joy. The Bible tells us that in his presence is fullness of joy. As the people came closer to Jesus... You know what happened? They were filled with extravagant praise and joy and ecstatic joy. And the roar of the crowd was so loud that the whole city shook. They thought it was as an earthquake. Praise erupted from the souls and hearts of men and women. And they hadn't even seen what we know. Amazing. Luke 19 tells us the crowd shouted with loud outbursts of ecstatic joy all over the mighty wonders of power that they had witnessed. They shouted over and over, highest praises to God for the one that comes as King in the name of the Lord. Heaven's peace and glory from the highest realm now comes to us. They're reciting Psalm 118. It's a halal psalm. A psalm where it lifted up the name of Jesus, the Messiah that was about to come. The King was about to enter the world and open up that doorway of heaven for the people. And then they shouted with heaven's anthem, Hosanna, God save us now. God save us now. And do you know, church, He's the God of the now. 
because the shout was so loud. They didn't just say it once, they sang it over and over again. And Luke says to us, if they had not shouted out for who the King was, the very stones would have started praising Him. That's how powerful it was. You see, this King that emptied that Palm Sunday, there's never been a King and never will be a King like Him, like Jesus. Palm Sunday marked the beginning of the greatest day in history. Just four days later, this Messiah, as we just saw, would go to the cross. The one who came humbly riding a donkey would be crucified on a cross. The same ones that shouted Hosanna on Sunday, by Friday they were shouting, crucify Him. Church, may we never have a faith. That one moment we're praising Him on Sunday and on Monday and Tuesday we're cursing Him. May we always be shouting His praise. You see, He was bruised and wounded for our iniquities. By His stripes we are here. The sin of the whole world would be laid upon Him and our debt is paid in full. Don't you ever let that devil tell you otherwise. Your debt has been paid in full. His sacrifice of love would be so great that it would pass, open a door into eternity forevermore for all mankind, whoever would believe in Him, whoever would confess that Jesus is Lord that door would be wide open. Palm Sunday was an inauguration of the King of Kings. A time to celebrate victory. Victory before the victory. That's what they were doing. You know, we're gearing up this week for Easter. The Easter celebrations, you walk in the shops, there's Easter eggs everywhere. But that's not the reason for the season, you see. Would you not forget the suffering King They came and the people declared victory over him before he had the victory. But what I love was as they shouted, they shouted in hope. We live on the other side of the cross. We shout because of the hope who is Jesus. He is our our hope. And I pray today, I pray that when worship fails, when other things that you do to try and get to Jesus fail, that today that you would come and you would lay everything at His feet. Everything, don't hold anything back. If you read in Revelations, it talks about an invitation that you and I have to join the choir around the throne. Can I read it to you? And that choir, you see, is worshiping the King of Kings that has established a kingdom that will never end. And Revelation 7, 9 says, After this I looked and behold, right in front of me, I saw a vast multitude of people, an enormous multitude, so huge that no one could count, made up of victorious ones. From every nation, tribe, people, group and language, they were all in glistening white robes, standing before the throne and before the Lamb with palm branches in their hands. And they shouted out with a passionate voice, salvation belongs to our God, seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing in a circle around the throne with the elders and the four living creatures. And they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God singing, Amen. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honour, power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders asked me, who are these ones in glistening white robes and where have they come from? And I answered, my Lord, you must know. And then he said to me, they are the ones who've washed their clothes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb and emerged from the midst of the great pressure and ordeal. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, ministering to Him as priests day and night within His cloud-filled sanctuary. And the enthroned one spreads over them His tabernacle shelter, light piercing their darkness. 
Their souls will be completely satisfied and neither the sun nor any scorching heat will affect them for the lamb at the centre of the throne continuously shepherds them unto life, guiding them to the everlasting fountain of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Church, I believe today as we celebrate our King, our King Jesus, I hope He is your King. I hope you know Him personally. I hope that you've taken a moment to lay down the things that have been giving you even identity and lay them down at His feet and come humbly today and say, God, I never want to offer you just a ritual. I want to offer you pure, unadulterated worship. I want to know you personally. I want you to be in my life as my, my Saviour, Lord and King. I want to know you and I want to live my life for you. And as we come to the end of our service this morning, we are going to go into a song in a minute. And I would pray that you would all come out the front, grab a palm leaf. It's not about who's watching you. But I would pray that on this Palm Sunday, we would give Him the greatest and highest praise, that we would honour Him and declare who He is, not for what we can get, but for everything that He is, because He deserves the highest praise. And if you are facing something really hard and difficult, would you say, Hosanna, God save now. God save now. I'm reaching for you as my Saviour. But if you're in this room today and you do not know Jesus, you might have come to church for a few weeks or whatever, and you might say, well, I know about Jesus. I know He's a good man. I know He did great things. I know they wrote a historical book about Him, but I don't know Him as my Saviour. Can I offer you that your door into the kingdom today is an invitation to you this morning that says, would you like to give your life to Jesus? Would you invite Him in to be your Lord and Saviour? Because that peace that He came to bring, that's how it comes when you make Jesus your Lord. Can I have every eye shut? If that's you this morning and you say, you know, I don't know this Jesus. I long to know him. And I've been walking with this Jesus for quite a long time. And he never ceases to undo me for his goodness and his kindness and his mercy that he would give his life for my sins. That he would make a way for me to walk one day into eternity with him. And if that's you this morning, you say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus of peace. I want to know the one that can overcome every anxiety and every fear in my life. If that's you this morning, this is your moment. This is your moment. If you would raise your hand, because you're not raising it from me, you're raising it to the King of Kings. And He's going to come in and He's going to make Himself at home in your life. If that's you this morning, this is your moment. If you'd like to give your life to the Lord, this is the moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, the video that we just watched was such a video of victory, wasn't it? Did you know the battle was that big between light and darkness? It's the same battle over the soul. It's the same battle over your life. Devil doesn't want you to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He wants to keep you in the darkness if he can. And today, even as we go out, you know, I pray that you'd be aware of recognising what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Remember what it looks like. It's a kingdom of peace, love and sacrifice, honour and promises fulfilled. It's a kingdom of humility and gentleness. 
but it's a kingdom of breakthrough and praise. And so right now, we're gonna stand to our feet. And if you wanna come out here and grab a a palm leaf, we're gonna sing King of Kings. We're gonna honour Him. We're gonna give Him the highest praise. We're gonna lift Him up. And you know what? That praise that those people shouted, I believe that praise brought breakthrough. Breakthrough over many lives. Because praise is what brings the walls down in our lives. So if you want to stand, we're going to go and sing King of Kings. Would you stand with me? Would you join the chorus? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.